it's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, yes, it is. And here we go, here we go, coming to you live from the greatest country in the world, broadcasting from the tippy top of the world-famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, a man who did not spend the previous week in the hospital. Check this out. Defense Secretary, okay, Lloyd Austin, highest-ranking official in our military, completely incapacitated for the past week and didn't tell anybody. What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? I do not know, but we're going to get to the bottom of it in this hour. Biden promised us the most transparent administration in history. Apparently to the Biden White House, transparent is a man who has a baby. I got a million of them. Uh, 888-788-9910. If you want a part of the show, a show that has one rule this week and every week, you know the deal. Uh, I am not an activist. I am a talk show host. I am in on the joke that if you live in this country, you have hit the lottery. Freedom! True story. Okay, you have American privilege. So on this show, you don't have to agree with me. I don't care. Tell me I'm wrong. It's not a big deal. Uh, you could be a Republican, you could be a Democrat, Libertarian, Independent. The only thing we ever ask is that you don't be a <laughs> boom. There it is. Happy Monday, everybody. Jim Jordan is on the show today from the Fourth Congressional District of Ohio, and we are also we are also bringing on uh, a Democrat, a former Democratic congressman by the name of Patrick Murphy from the great state of Pennsylvania, uh, and we are going to have a chit chat about the political climate as we are now one week away from the beginning. Of the nominating season, the Iowa caucuses one week from today, Ron DeSantis gets in the ring. There's a slob. There's a real slob. Whatever. Okay. Nikki Haley also going to be in the ring. Get her out. Get her out of here. The point, this is going to go on for weeks. So rather than being interrupted by recordings of Donald Trump, I will just say (laughs) it's about to get really ugly out there on the campaign trail. But we begin today uh, right here in the studio Because it is launch week. It is launch week for my very first television show. Fox News Saturday Night with Jimmy Fallon kicks off this coming Saturday. And I'm not doing that to shamelessly self-promote, but I want to give you a little bit of perspective here. On the way to the building this morning, I saw not one, but two billboards. uh, Video billboards in Times Square that have my face on them. Okay, billboards that I sat underneath in a taxi. For years in traffic, billboards that I, when I started out as a comedian, we were handing out comedy tickets in Times Square on the corner of 45th and 46th. That's where I met my buddy Dean Imperial. So imagine to be standing on those street corners 20 years ago at all hours of the night handing out free tickets to the comedy club because that's how you got people to come in and listen to your nonsense to now be sitting at the tippy top of one of those billboards. I got to be honest, it's really mind blowing. But the thing I'm so happy to report back to you Okay, two revelations. Okay, the first one is you see yourself on the billboard and uh, you're like, wow, I made it. I'm on a Times Square billboard. And then you're like, but dude, I owe a lot of people money. 
That can't be good. <laughs> you know, from my cab driving and gambling days, there's a lot of people now know where to find me. Probably not a good thing. They're like, hey, Anthony, we found Fela. He's always around the block at Fox News. This could be a problem. I'm being silly. But the other thing is that in that moment, like, you kind of stop and you just, you know, again, you think about what matters in that moment. Yeah, it's really excited to do a show and it's cool that millions of people are going to watch. But my priorities were still the same. I'm like, what's for breakfast? And I got to check in with Jenny, see what she's up to this morning. It's all it is. The game doesn't change. And the reason I bring that up is I'm thankful to report back to you that having made every single one of my childhood dreams come true, I am the same person, which means when I get on the air today and I see the kind of chicanery that we're getting out of this administration, like, it bothers me. It doesn't bother me like I'm mad when we start screaming on the show. But do you understand Okay, when the Secretary of Defense is incapacitated and the President of the United States doesn't know, okay, that's clown stuff. Okay, and we now know that they didn't know. And that for a portion of this incapacitation, Lloyd Austin went in for an elective procedure. We don't know what he was doing. We don't know. I mean, in this administration, if if he didn't already have the top position in the military— I'd assume he was transitioning just so he could get a promotion. I mean, if you were going to tell me Lloyd Austin was about to become, you know, Lily, then, yeah, he'd probably get a bump up in the administration. But in this instance, he's already running the Pentagon. I think he's got a point. So I don't know what the elective procedure was. I obviously wish him the best. But Lloyd Austin's hospital stay involved days in intensive care. Okay, he was put in intensive care. And did the White House know about it? The answer would be no. Did his second-in-command know about it? The answer would be no. Not, of, not, not immediately, but according to defense officials, okay, not only was Biden unaware of the defense secretary's condition, but so was Kathleen Hicks, the deputy secretary of defense. Okay, so what ultimately happened is Austin, going into the surgery, transferred certain operational responsibilities that require constant, secure communications to Kathleen Hicks, who, oh, by the way, was on vacation in Puerto Rico. We have people in Washington that don't know what they're doing. I really want you to think about that. Don't think about it as a, you know, Republican who's mad at the Democrats. Don't think about it as a Democrat who's like, I'm hate listening to Fox News because blah. That's not who I am. That's not what I represent to you. I don't I could care less what you think of me or Fox News because I'm not an activist. I'm just talking to you. Okay, the military works the way the military works. Whether you have a Republican or you have a Democrat, okay, the Secretary of Defense has operational responsibilities, okay, that were not met in this instance. Okay? He is sitting on real-time wargaming. He is sitting on Two conflicts in the Middle East and Ukraine that we're not only financing, but actively involved in, more importantly, and that we're shooting at Houthi drones all the time. Okay, we're battling to protect the Ukrainian border, even though we don't really protect ours. But the point is, that involves a lot of secure communication. Okay, in this instance, Austin goes in for an elective procedure, disappears for a week. Halfway through the week while he's in ICU, they tell Kathleen Hicks she doesn't know why. 
but they say, oh, you know, you got to take over some of these gigs. I know you're down at a swim-up bar in Puerto Rico, okay, but you're now in charge of the military. Country is being destroyed by stupid people, by very stupid people. Okay, let me read this to you, okay? Pentagon Press uh, Secretary Major General Pat Ryder telling CNN on Sunday that Austin transferred certain operational responsibilities that require constant secure communication capabilities to Hicks on January 2nd, the day after he was admitted to Walter Reed. Throughout last week, Hicks made some routine operational and management decisions for the Pentagon and was authorized to support the president. There's only one small problem. The president didn't know. Come on, man. Which leads you to believe either... Lloyd Austin, okay, is a figurehead that doesn't really do his job, so the president doesn't need to know if he's incapacitated. Or Joe Biden isn't really the president, so he doesn't need to be notified if anything of this grave consequence comes to light. Oh, I mean, honestly, everybody's taking this as a commentary on Austin. Oh, he's just a figurehead. All the right-wing flamethrowers that just want to get you mad all day. This is the problem with DEI. And it is the problem with DEI. You don't want unqualified people in positions of power. You want everything to be merit-based. You want people of every color and persuasion, every ethnic background in positions of power and prominence if, in fact, they're good at the job. I think he's got a point. Okay, Lloyd Austin is a guy qualified to do this job. We're not looking at him like they just like, we need a black guy, and went and got somebody at a mall. That's not who he is. He is, of course, qualified. But people are taking the intellectually lazy route, which surprises me. And they're like, well, he must have just been a figurehead. No, what's probably going on is the people who knew Lloyd Austin, okay, was incapacitated, probably knew Lloyd Austin was incapacitated. The people who needed to know might have known, okay? But the truth is Joe Biden just isn't one of them. Tell him like it is. Okay, that's probably what's going on here. Okay, but let me take it a step further, okay? But Hicks, who was on vacation in Puerto Rico at the time, Imagine that was not informed of Austin's hospitalization until the afternoon of January 4th. So these things were transferred to her on January 2nd. Okay. But she was not available of what was going on till January 4th. Does that sound like effective forthright communication down the chain of command? The answer would be no. Okay. But let me take it a step further. Okay. Ryder told CNN it is not uncommon for the secretary to transfer certain responsibilities without providing a specific reason as to why such a transfer is needed. But is it common for the White House not to know? The answer would be no. Mm -mm. Okay, there there are all of these people around the secretary at all times who manage him and help him on a day-to-day basis. And no one had the wherewithal to even tell the White House. That's what a a, a Pentagon official told CNN. I'm surprised no one is using the word cover-up yet. Okay, the bottom line is this. Okay, and I want you to understand this. I'm not saying this. I have nothing in this, okay? I got a TV show coming out Saturday night. I got the biggest growing radio show in the world right now. I got a a, a wonderful wife and a really cool kid. Like the things I could ever possibly care about. I actually in this moment have them. It gives me goosebumps to even say it to you. But I worked 20 years to get here. So believe me, I'm not showing off. I'm just reminding you that you could do it too if you really want to get out there and bust your ass. I'm not encouraging you to do what I did because I have no idea how I lived through half of it. But the point is, when I say to you that we're doing it wrong in this country, this moment is everything you need to know. The whole pitch for the Biden presidency 
was that the adults were back in the room. We got this Trump guy. He's all over Twitter. It's the worst thing for us. Wrong. Okay. I don't care if you like Trump. That's not my issue. Okay. It's not, I don't run the Donald Trump radio defense fund. But remember, when Joe Biden got elected, okay, the media, the media, do you remember this? They told us, well, the adults are back in the room. I know some of you didn't vote for them, but we all know the adults are back in the room. This is the montage. Anybody who has any um, connection to reality about what is going on around them should have watched that and said, the adults are back in the room. It it seems as though we have a, a professional adult once again in the White House who's just simply doing the work. Really, the the theme, I would say, is the adults are back. Still, it is a relief to have adults in charge. Now we have adults in the White House. Okay, the adults are back in the room. Um, There is a sense, I think, the world over that the adults have returned. We have an adult in the White House now, and it's glorious. That was absolutely dreadful. The adults are back in the room, you guys. The adults are back in the room. Dude, some of the adults are in the hospital. They're not telling the other adults. Some of the adults who were brought in promised us they would never mandate a COVID vaccine, went on to mandate it. No, I don't think it should be mandatory. I wouldn't demand it be mandatory. Interesting. Some of the adults who promised they were going to unite the country went on to call 50% of the country that supported voter ID Jim Crow on steroids. This is Jim Crow on steroids, what they're doing in in Georgia and 40 other states. Think about that, okay? And the end result of having all of these adults in the room is the border has been overrun to the highest number in the recorded history of our country, leading to a record level of fentanyl poisoning deaths, okay? The inflation hit a 40-year high, Core goods are still up 26%. You can tell me inflation's easing, but you're still paying more money when you go to the grocery store. You're getting smoked. Crime is up, okay? You're getting your ass handed to you, okay? The good news is, as they said in that embarrassing media montage, okay, the adults are back in the room, and we've given them the car keys to our country again. Yay, the adults are back, okay? That's the good news. The adults are back and we've given them the car keys. You want to know what the bad news is? The adults are back and we've given them the car keys. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. He is one of those iconic figures that fans care about. The Will Cain Show is now dropping five episodes a week. Join Fox and Friends weekend host Will Cain as he tackles the latest headlines from his unique perspective, along with thought-provoking interviews with leading figures and live calls from viewers and listeners. Listen wherever you download your favorite podcasts. I got word of this yesterday when the news started breaking. I was able to come out on it. It's pretty shocking on this because when you're the Secretary of Defense, uh, you need to make everyone aware that you're actually going to be out of pocket. It's worse than just he didn't notify the White House. They actually notified the White House and everyone else that he was working from home during that time period when he was actually hospitalized and his number two was on vacation and not available as well. Uh, even the apparently the National Security Council didn't know it. The White House didn't know it. Congress didn't know it. We're at a time of a lot of turmoil internationally and suddenly have the Secretary of Defense. More than just a matter of wasn't there, 
actually sent over false information saying I'm working from home when he's not actually available at all. This is not okay. God, you want to talk about threats to democracy. Like Joe Biden gave a whole speech on Friday about threats to democracy. I don't remember that ever happening. But it did, okay? The guy who's in charge of the military that protects said democracy lied to the White House. Yeah, I'm working from home the next two days. You know, you're going to do a little you know, remote work. And he was in the hospital, and the White House didn't know. That's what they're going with. And then he was in ICU, and his second-in-command didn't know. That's what they're going with. Okay, I'm telling you, like, this guy actually endangered national security. But the problem we have in this administration, this is real. It's a real good analysis. If you're a Biden supporter, you work on his campaign, I'm helping you here. Okay? They have to learn to own their mistakes. They have to learn to fire people because it creates a separation between the president and the mismanagement underneath him. What they keep doing in this administration is every time they screw up royally, royally, like the Afghan troop withdrawal. Okay, we were told, I mean, a monumental disaster for the country. Okay, we went to we went to Afghanistan for 20 years to make sure it didn't become a breeding ground for terror groups. After September 11th, okay, we left Afghanistan with the biggest terror group there, the Taliban, the ones who were in power when we started, back in charge, sitting on $85 billion worth of our weapons. That was embarrassing. Okay, but what did the administration do? Well, we're really taking a beating on this one. Let's get out there and let's tell them it was successful. And that's what they did. They got on TV like it was the most successful withdrawal in the history of the country. Not even close. Okay, but what they didn't point out was why it became what it was. It was the most successful airlift ever. Yeah, it turned into an airlift because everything they said would happen didn't. No, don't worry about it. The Afghan army, it's not going to collapse. We trained them. Our allies, they got nothing to worry about. We're not going to turn our backs on them. Do you remember when they actually said the words, this isn't going to turn into some Hanoi situation in Vietnam where our civilians and our allies are on rooftops trying to get rescued by helicopters? Okay, and when all of that happened and we saw Afghan civilians and U.S. civilians trying to cling to cargo jets, leaving the country, grabbing onto the wheels as planes took off, they got on TV they got on TV and were like, oh, this is successful. This is a good day for us. You are so full of sh-. What you're supposed to do to get your credibility back is fire everybody who screwed up. Okay, because then you don't look like a buffoon for telling us down is up and up is down. But in this instance, Joe Biden is not firing Lloyd Austin for what he told him because Lloyd Austin didn't tell him anything. Correct the mundo. Out of the gates and ready to go. Hey, it's Hutton Withrow. Hot Mike is here on the Outkick Network. We've got your afternoon covered with the latest sports discussion, and it's available wherever you find your audio. Daily analysis and news. He is hot. I am Mike. Actually, my (laughs) name is Chad. His name is Jonathan. But you get the picture. We're going to bring it every single day. Whatever you want to call us, we'll respond to. We just want you to respond to what we're dishing out every day. And while you're here, we hope you'll subscribe to the podcast, like, subscribe, and share. There it is, Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon fired up 
on a Monday. Lincoln Fallis, Pittsburgh Steelers in the playoffs. They're going up to Buffalo to take on Bills Mafia this coming Sunday. I'll be watching that one with a hangover because this coming Saturday, the debut episode of Fox News Saturday Night. Hey, girl. Every one of you people are like, hey, when are you going to get your own show? Well, too bad you can't get your own show. We did it, man. All of us. Us guys. You, me. The whole movement. It's big. Okay? And we got there by just leveling with people. Okay? We tell them the truth. We don't get on the air and claim I'm a genius, that I know what I'm doing. I went to community college, spent most of my life driving a cab. I'm a 47-year-old man, I was told. And I still play video games. Okay? I've listen. I'm not here to be taken seriously. Like, I'll give you serious opinions. I'll give you a, a safe space where we can all hang out and talk about the news and what's going on in the country. Okay? But I'm your pal. I'm your radio buddy. That's the hook, and that's why the show has worked. It's worked because we've been honest. Okay? I bring all of this up because there is a piece out today. We covered it on America's Newsroom this morning. Myself, Bill Hemmer, Dana Perino. Okay, it's my favorite show to do because between the two of them, they are a combined 400 points smarter than me, IQ-wise. They're each about 200 IQ points smarter than me, easily 200, maybe more. So I always love going on there and pretending I can hang in that conversation. But believe me, a lot of smoke and mirrors, a lot of card tricks, a lot of bells and whistles. But we got out of it in one piece. The story we were covering, though, I got to be honest, is going to be very tough for us to beat this week. In terms of comedic value, in terms of something that might bring you laughter, Uh, there is a piece, okay, it's an op-ed, it's published in The Hill yesterday, and it says that Joe Biden is a super ager, a super ager, and what that means is he's actually in phenomenal shape Despite what we say. That is a fact check false. I'm going to read you the piece. But the title of the piece is, Is Joe Biden a super ager? The answer would be no. No, the answer is no. But what they try to say in the piece is that, yes, yes, he is a super ager. Sell crazy someplace else. We're all stocked up here. This is the title. Is Joe Biden a super ager? We're asking all the wrong questions. That's the title of the article. Now, first and foremost, why are they doing this? And I'm going to walk right through the article. Okay, Biden's being faced with a historically low approval rating. We've never had an incumbent president in a worse position in the polls than Joe Biden. We've had presidents take us through wars that were controversial. We've had presidents take us through great depressions. We've had presidents during a time of civil war. None of them have had a lower approval rating than Joe Biden. Biden sucks. Compounding his approval rating is the reality that, according to NBC's own polling, 68% of Americans are concerned about his cognitive abilities. Now, why are 68% of Americans concerned about Biden's cognitive abilities? Because they've been paying attention to the man. Okay, the other 32%, how they heard clips like this and said the guy's fine is beyond me. You know, the rapidly rising uh, um, uh, in with, uh, with uh, I don't know. Uh, no, that guy's fine. No, no, this guy, he's fine. We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by the, go, you know the, you know the thing. 
<laughs> I got to be honest. I don't know the thing. I don't. And I do not begrudge him his condition because they are but for the grace of God go I. But that's the bigger issue for Joe Biden. It's not his age. There's plenty of guys 15 years older than Joe Biden. They're sharp as a tack. My Uncle Sam's 96. Sharp as hell. I interviewed William Shatner a few months back. He's 93. Sharp as hell. Okay. Biden's 81. And he's making up words. I'll lead an effective strategy to mobilize true and international effort to pressure. Okay. Sign language interpreter shrugged there. Because there's not a word for that. That's not a word. That's not a real word. Like he couldn't play the president in Scrabble because he'd, he'd be arguing. Like that's not a word. I can't give you the points. It's not a word. Okay, but getting past that is this piece. This piece that's being written, floated out by allies to the Biden administration in the media as a means of trying to reverse the course on Biden's age. Let's start telling the public Let's start telling the public he's actually not only fine, but he's even better than fine. He's a super ager. Come on, don't bullshit me. That's exactly what they're trying to do. And in the Newsweek op-ed, which tries to take this Hill initial piece and make it bigger, okay, they talk about this piece. You know, you understand the way the Democratic Party and the media works, okay? They're on the same team. Okay, you'll hear the Republican Party attack Fox all the time. You'll hear Trump attack Fox all the time if we disagree with him on something. Because the truth is, we're not here on behalf of a political party. Fox News wins because we're here on behalf of a country. We're here on behalf of America. We're telling you what we think would be best for America. That's why we have no problem giving the Democrats praise when they do something right. But sadly, it looks like we spend an awful lot of time bashing Democrats because between you and me, they haven't done a really good job of running the place. That's true. That is true. Okay, but getting past all of that for a second, okay, the way it works in the Democratic Party, okay, is they write an article and then one of their allies also reports the article. So they get an op-ed in the Hill, okay, saying, is Biden a superager? Doctors argue President Biden shows signs of aging backwards. I mean, (laughs) that's the actual headline. Biden is showing signs of aging backwards. You know, the guy who speaks to dead people at live events, the guy who shakes hands with invisible people. Joe Biden is the only president in history who takes more time to exit a speech than he does to give one. Because he gets lost. Okay, and you're going to tell me with a straight face, he's aging backwards is what they want you to believe. If you like Biden so much, name three of his complete sentences. Nobody can name three of his complete sentences. I don't know if he's spoken any. Okay, but they run this article in The Hill, and that allows Newsweek to report on the original article. They get a bigger, that way it has a bigger media presence. And they say, Biden is showing signs of aging backwards, you see. And in the Newsweek piece, they go on to report, well, ho, former lieutenant governor of Texas reported this stuff. So before you get crazy, you got to understand, it's a former, former Texas lieutenant governor. And in people's heads, they go, oh, hey, oh, former Texas lieutenant governor, like, you know, Dan Patrick. No. Okay, this is the former Texas lieutenant governor, okay, Ben Barnes, who was there in the 60s 
when it leaned a little more to the left, had a guy named Lyndon Johnson. Ben Barnes' biggest contribution, okay, is he was the vice chair of John Kerry's presidential campaign, meaning he is a Democrat that was the top fundraiser for John Kerry, who a lot of you guys might remember from his hit TV show, Mr. Ed. Okay, but the point is they don't bill it as Ben Barnes, the Democratic lieutenant governor of Texas who worked on the John Kerry campaign. John Kerry, who, of course, happens to be Biden's climate czar, flies around the world making money hand over fist by telling people they're going to die from the climate. Money, 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 money. And then leaves on a private jet violating every tenant he just preached to the little people. Ben Barnes is his guy. So his guy, but they don't bill it as his guy. You see how this works? They bill it as former lieutenant governor of Texas. Ah, you have a good eye, my man. Most people only read the headline. Well, hey, Texas, they don't like Biden in Texas. It's a former lieutenant governor of Texas. This must mean that Biden, wow, it turns out he's okay after all. That's what they're doing. Me, a guy who just has a little more intellectual curiosity than the average person in the media because I don't know what I'm doing. I showed up with a taxi license and a community college degree, so I keep reading. I keep asking questions. I'm not telling you I'm smart, but they're treating you like you're dumb. When you're right, you're right, and you're right. That's the framing. Oh, two doctors. Yeah, Dr. Dre and Dr. Pepper. Two doctors and the former lieutenant governor of Texas say we're asking all the wrong questions. That's what they said. The media is a bunch of losers. So let me read you the article and tell you why they're doing it. Is it working? No. Okay, but it's not working. But here it is. It's written by Jay Olshansky, Ben Barnes, and Bradley Wilcox. Peace begins by asking, is President Biden at age 81 too old to run for president? Does his chronological calendar age suggest he won't survive another four-year term? Of Our claims of cognitive decline warrant it. These and other related questions have surfaced in the election cycle because, let's face it, Biden and Trump are the two oldest presidents in American history. Fair. But Biden is four years older than Trump. Okay, and again and again and again. We're not arguing age. We're arguing condition. Okay. Either would break the presidential longevity record again if elected in 2024. The question of presidential age has reached a fever pitch with no sign of abatement. But there is no sugarcoating aging. Living a long life is like driving a car beyond its warranty period. The longer it's driven, the more things go wrong. But unlike cars, some aspects of life, including some cognitive abilities, actually improve with age. So this guy, as it turns out, is getting sharper. Make sure the television, excuse me, make sure you have the record player on at night. The the, the phone. He's actually getting sharper is what they want you to believe. I mean, anyway. In practical terms, someone President Biden's age might not might take a longer time to learn how to fly a plane, but he would be less likely to crash it relative to a younger person. Furthermore, public health, medicine, and other scientific disciplines have already found ways to help us adapt to changes in mind and body, rendering some of what goes wrong with age into little more than nuisances. So when Biden gets lost leaving a speech or talks to a person who's no longer alive, that's actually a sign of him being sharper. You must be crazy. When are you going to stop believing in something that isn't true? Okay, they don't believe this. That's the point. This is a propaganda effort being done to try to rehabilitate the president on a key issue. 
people think he's cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. And they're concerned about reelecting him because his vice president has the fake laugh that turns her into Woody Woodpecker. <laughs> okay. Biological aging, the age of your important organs, such as your brain, cardiovascular system, lungs, and skin, does not occur at the same pace for everyone. Just attend a high school reunion where it's evident that the rate of biological aging has touched some more than others. Nobody is denying this. But do you see how they're making all of these points without saying anything specific about Joe Biden? I'm telling you, that boy's a genius. Do you get it now? They're talking in the abstract. They're not talking in the specific. Why are they not talking in the specific? Because everything they're saying about age is true. Some of us age better, worse, age better than others. Some of us age worse. Okay? Some things do get harder with age. Some things do get easier with age. I don't doubt it. And there but for the grace of God go every single one of us. It's not about your age. It's about your condition. I have a 96-year-old uncle who runs marathons. Okay? My uncle Sam, who served in General Douglas MacArthur's honor guard, probably can fly a plane. I wouldn't let Joe Biden drive a bumper car let alone fly a plane, as this thing intones. Okay, but you understand, and this is my favorite thing ever. Okay. There is no clinical evidence for cognitive decline in President Biden, despite armchair gerontologists declaring otherwise. It may be tempting to conclude that such evidence does not exist because an expensive battery of diagnostic assessments of cognitive functioning has not been ordered. Do you get it? By his personal physician. So they say, well, you know, Biden can't be nuts because he's never taken a test that would tell us he's nuts. They've never ordered one. And why have they not ordered one? Not because they don't think he's nuts, but because they don't want the word getting out that he is. Oh, wow. So they write this whole article. No, we see signs that he's a super ager. He's a super ager is what they want you to believe. You know the guy who shakes hands with invisible people? And I love how they defended him. They're like, well, he wasn't shaking hands with an invisible person. He was pointing at them. Oh, oh, well, in, in that case. Because, you know, some, some moments when a guy talks to an invisible person are fine, are they not? I mean, honey, let's let him drive the kids home. Okay, but that's the reality of this moment. Like, we're living in the death of shame where they want you to believe your eyes are lying to you. The Afghan troop withdrawal, that was a success. No, no, when the people were flinging their babies over barbed wire fences because they knew any human being that caught them could provide the child with a better life than the one they were about to have under Taliban rule. No, that was a good day that that went on. That was a successful day. No, the border, 8 million people have come in, crushed our infrastructure, created a humanitarian crisis, record level of fentanyl poisoning deaths. This is America. It's diversity. This is good for us. This is a good thing. I promise. No, no, the president gets lost leaving the stage. Sometimes he wanders out mid-sentence, sometimes quits in the middle of a sentence because he's decided he's done talking. Sends in the punt team on second down. This is a good sign. That's what we're watching, okay? They're trying to sell you on a president whose only actual value would be to listen to him as a sleep aid. If you're having trouble sleeping, ask your doctor about Bidenica, the sleep aid made from 100% Joe Biden press conference. The best way to get something done, if you, if it holds near and dear to you, that you uh, um, like to be able to, anyway. Bidenica has a patented blend of confusion and forgetfulness that will calm the most overactive brains. COVID has taken this year 
just since the outbreak, has taken more than 100 years. Look, here's the lives. It's just, it's, I mean, you think about it. When they sold out American jobs and killed the Keystone Pipeline, it kept me up all night worrying about how we pay our bills. But then I got by Denica. And I've never slept better. Sometimes when I get hopped up on sugar, my parents give me Bidenica so I pass out. Other times they give it to me during the day, probably so they can do the deed. Gross. Warning. People who have used Bidenica have experienced rapid lying and an inability to secure the southern border. Others have hallucinated and fought breakfast cereals. Corn Pop was a bad dude. Ask your doctor if Bidenica is right for you. going to become gargantuan when the son of man comes you're listening to fox across america with jimmy Fallon. there it is fox across america with jimmy Fallon. Letting the guitars roll. My buddy Sean Barry loves the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Sean's a good dude, man. He actually, Sean Barry's composer, actually wrote the song that opens this radio show. And when I'm on the road doing stand-up, that's the song I come out to. That's the song I came out to at my stand-up special. They're just jokes, which is streaming now on Fox Nation. So shout out to Shawnee. Shout out to everybody who watched the special, everybody who came to the Paramount, and everyone who's coming to see me this spring when we go back on the road for the Everybody Calm Down Tour. But in the next hour, uh, in an effort to opiate the masses, uh, we are going to try to make everybody calm down, okay? There's two ways you can do it. One, you can go to foxacrossamerica.com and buy tickets to one of my stand-up shows. I'm trying to help. Two, you can listen to me and former Democratic Congressman Patrick Murphy, who joins us in studio, to have a bipartisan discussion about getting this country under control. You're welcome. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. There it is, and here we go. Big hour coming up on Fox Across America with your radio buddy Jimmy Fallon. I am bringing on a Democrat. That's stupid. Use your common sense. Stop it, Patrick Murphy. A former Democratic congressman from the great state of Pennsylvania, where they're ripping down statues of William Penn right now. It's people with a dirty mind that think like that. I always take the statue conversations as a sign of all the progress we've made in this country on race in that the demand for racism so far outstrips the supply that we now have to go in and tear down statues of dead people just so we have something to fight about today. I think he's got a point. Yeah, the point is everybody's full of 888-788-9910, whether you agree or you disagree. This show has no intellectual barrier for entry. I don't care where you come from. I don't care what color you are. I don't care how smart you are. I don't care how dumb you are. No, ma'am. All we ever say, be a Republican, be a Democrat, just don't be a that is it. I did it again. A lot of beeps. A lot of beeps. But it's Monday. We're in a good mood, or at least we were. Okay, but I am telling you this, and this is the reason Murphy's coming on, and this will be the thesis 
of my TV show when it debuts this Saturday night, Fox News Saturday Night with Jimmy Fallon, 10 p.m. this Saturday on the East Coast. You better be there. You've seen me. I need the ratings. Like, seriously. I'm not, I'm not promoting. I'm begging. I need all the help I can get, folks. But the one thing we try to do with this show that we'll do with the TV show is make it a port in the storm. And the reason I say that is I'm new enough to media that I care, and I'm very mindful of the impact that our broadcasts have on you as a consumer, as a listener. Okay, we are about to embark upon the most disgusting political campaign in the history of this country. And I know we've had some bad campaigns. Okay, it goes back quite a long way. So you could ask Johnny Carson about bad campaigns. Nobody talks anymore about the issues. No, they simply just this man is for toxic drinking water to kill your children. I mean, (laughs) but that is what they do. Okay, that's what they do. Okay, Biden gave a big speech on Friday comparing Trump to Hitler. Okay, comparing Trump to actual Hitler. I mean, it's disgusting. Okay, right now he's speaking in South Carolina about the threat of white supremacy in our country. Has white supremacy killed anyone in our country this year? The answer would be no. Okay, fentanyl's killed 200,000 people. I'm not giving a speech about that. Weird. Okay, the things they discuss when it comes to race baiting. I am not in denial. There are racist people in our society. Of course there are. But the vast, 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 vast majority of people in this country are so far past race. Okay, we don't care because we've integrated society. Okay, and we realize now racism, a byproduct of ignorance, is something that exists when people fear a thing they don't understand or know. And it could be handed down to them generationally by other people who lead segregated lives. But as we become a more integrated society, we came to realize we all want the same things out of life. Because of course we do, no matter what your race is. And the truth is, okay, in this moment, statistically, we, 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 are the most tolerant and inclusive society in the history of the world. Bingo. There is no more integrated, inclusive, or tolerant society than us. Okay? We have laws on the books that make it so. Okay? And we have a society that has been cross-sectioned along the lines of politics and sports and entertainment and social life and even things like, you know, dating and hooking up. and. I love it when you talk dirty. But that's the point. Okay, everybody's attracted to everybody. Everybody's friends with everybody. Everybody watches everybody play ball. Everybody listens to everybody else's music. We became so tolerant and accepting as a country that they had to start inventing new forms of racism. They had to go, well, that's that's cultural appropriation. Now, it's not the racism we fought for in the civil rights movement when we started with institutionalized slavery. We fought a war to end it. But then we still had the Jim Crow South where the Democrats We're denying people access to the polls. We had separate water fountains. Okay. We had separate lunch counters, separate restrooms. We had separate school buses. Something Joe Biden fought like hell to keep that way in the 70s. Do you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump and you ain't black? Joe Biden. Okay. The guy who said if you can't figure out if you're for him or Trump. You know, him, the guy who once eulogized a Klan member named Robert Byrd. Look it up. Okay, him who fought like hell against integrated school buses 
wants you to know we got a problem with racism in this country. Democrats are so full of crap. Okay, the only real racism we're dealing with in mainstream society anymore, for real, I'm not, you know, not naive to this. I'm not saying individual people from minority groups don't have a different experience than I do from time to time. I'm not denying you that. I'm not stupid. I drove a cab. I was out there. Okay, but the only place it's still openly acceptable in society to attack anyone of a different race than you right now, sadly, is the Jewish faith, where I, every Ivy League school out there is chanting from the river to the sea, calling for another infatata and the elimination of all Jewish people. Okay, I don't know how we're getting away with this. Like, it's crazy. Cultural appropriation. That's how starved we were for racial division up until the whole kill the Jews thing became fashionable on Ivy League campuses. Okay, cultural appropriation. Um, excuse me. You can't make guacamole. You're not Mexican. That's cultural appropriation. No, it's not. It's dinner. Sorry. You can't dress as a Polynesian princess. Mulana from the Disney film, you're not Polynesian. That's racist. No, it's not. It's Halloween. The point is they're inventing racism because there's not enough of a demand to go around right now. Okay, there's not enough of a supply to measure up to the demand. The left weaponizes race whenever they're losing an argument. Okay, understand. Okay, I am calling this out because the whole purpose of my show is to be a port in the storm. They are going to – like, understand this. The, the, the election day is in November. Okay, we're in the second week of January. Second week of January. And Biden is already calling Trump Hitler. This guy's a serious ass. Okay. Trump gets in. It's all-out war. We leave the guy on the ballot, we won't have a democracy. So you get it? Participating in democracy would mean the end of democracy. That's what they're going with. Okay, Biden's allies in the media, even Chris Wallace. Chris Wallace, okay, does no longer work here. I know you guys weren't a lot of fan, weren't big fans of Chris Wallace. He was always nice to me. He has landed on his feet at CNN. CNN is the worst. But here is Chris Wallace asking if they're, you know, It's a little too early in the game to be going full Hitler. Here it is, clip 13. Is Biden smart to go this hard at Trump to go, quote, full Hitler in the first week in January? I mean, I I certainly expected it in the fall. I certainly expected it October, whatever. But it's really early to be doing this. Some would argue it's a little late. I mean, have you looked at his poll numbers? Have you seen um, how people are seeing his presidency, and I think he's also deeply worried. I mean, man. You're the lowest form of life on Earth. Lowest form of life on Earth. The people who would argue that it's a little late to be calling Trump Hitler. It's a little late? Is it early to call Trump Hitler? Is it late to call Trump Hitler? Do you want to know what the answer? They're both wrong. You should never, ever, ever be comparing him to Hitler. He knows what he's talking about. Okay, I don't care that you're a disgusting human and nothing's beneath you when it comes to pressuring people into voting for you. But there is no historical comparison between Donald Trump and Hitler. Hitler killed 12 million people. Okay, Trump killed a few plates of nachos. If you've seen the guy lately, I mean, come on, man. This guy will say anything. I'm just saying. 
Do you know what an insult it is? How much it denigrates the suffering caused by Adolf Hitler, the sacrifice by our troops, guys like Uncle Sam who went over there, stormed the, the beach at Normandy, okay, and laid it down, laid it down on the Nazis. The world isn't speaking German because our greatest generation didn't see through the lens through Republicans or Democrats. They didn't go, well, this FDR guy's a Democrat, and we need to win the next election, so we're not going to help this Democrat succeed militarily. No, because people understood at the end of the day, if you live in this country, you're not a Republican or a Democrat first. You're an American. Freedom! And when freedom was on the line, okay, they got in the ring with the team nobody wanted to play. That's who we're supposed to be, the team nobody wants to play. Okay, but when we're out there just shamefully, disingenuously comparing Donald Trump to Hitler, Hitler. Okay, Trump had four years in office. If he was going to kill his opponents, he would have. If he was going to wipe out a race of people, he would have. Okay, but here's a newsflash. That's not who he is. That is a manufactured hysteria. Does Trump say ridiculous things all the time? Okay, is his rhetoric a lot different than previous presidents? Yes. But the difference is they are catering to a subset of people on the left whose emotions are their facts. And when you deal with people whose emotions are their facts, okay, what someone says is more important than what they do. Okay, so Biden gets out there and says, oh, Trump's Hitler. It's got to protect our democracy. But what is Biden doing? He's trying to get Trump off the ballot. They're trying to pull him off so you can't even vote for the guy. He's been indicted 91 times. Guys, we never indicted a president once in the 237-year, 47-year uh, history of the country. Never once. We've now indicted Trump 91 times. Okay, what's going on is unprecedented, but they manufacture a hysteria to justify the type of response that they think is needed in order for them to win the election. Here's Joe Scarborough. Just embarrassing. Just the lowest form of life in the media right now. And he hates himself, so I don't want to be hard on him because you can never hate Joe Scarborough as much as he hates himself. But here is Joe Scarborough, okay, talking about Republicans supporting Trump and, you know, likening this all to Hitler. Clip 12. Well, the Times had, had a great rundown of what happened after Trump lost, what happened on January the 6th how Trump was pushed to the side, and how by one by one by one they all folded. And now we're seeing in the media, we're now seeing in the media because they want to get close to Donald Trump, and some media people, I guess, want to have access to him on the campaign trail. These these uh, Republicans. I mean, and, can and, you call and, them and Republicans? I, I don't know what you call them, actually, when they're quoting Hitler uh, and they're channeling Hitler. But, but, but be that as it may, um, the transformation... It, it, it keeps going. And, and now we're seeing the rise once again and expect to see it in all the same spots we saw it in 2020. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. Do we have a single quote, single quote of anyone quoting Hitler? The answer would be no. So he tried to pivot in real time to their channeling Hitler. Oh, they're channeling Hitler. That's what you understand is what... 
Guys, Hitler killed 12 million people. Have some respect. But they don't. That's the point. That's what you're dealing with. That's the election cycle we're about to inherit. We're going to launch a comedy show in the middle of this. Are you stupid or something? No, we have to. You have to. You understand it's going to get so disgusting. Okay, in this coming election cycle, dude, they're calling him Hitler. It's January. Who do you compare him to in February, March, April, May, June, July, August, September, October? Did you hear Chris Wallace in the clip I played? Oh, I fully expected them to be calling him Hitler in October, but isn't this a little soon? Wait, we expected someone to make a comparison to Hitler? Is that not a little insensitive to the victims of Hitler, the survivors of the Holocaust, the men and women in our country who gave their lives to end the Nazis? Okay, because that's what we did. We saved the world. You know, the most racist country on earth, they always want you to believe. We fought a war amongst ourselves to end slavery. A lot of white people died. Okay, people of every ethnicity died. But the point is we fought a war to end slavery. Okay, we fought a war to stop the white supremacist Nazis. Okay, from, you know, enacting a master race strategy on the world. We went over and died to do that. That's who we are. Okay, but bottom line, okay, the damage done by the atrocities that we've ultimately ended and saved the world from, okay, makes us uniquely qualified to understand the damage done. Yet all of these people in the media, okay, continue to cheapen the Holocaust and denigrate the suffering and the sacrifice, okay, by comparing Trump to Hitler. But you understand they're not comparing Trump to Hitler because they think it's true. They're comparing Trump to Hitler because they're in a really desperate spot and nothing is beneath them when it comes to stopping a political opponent. And I'm out here in the real world and I know what's right or wrong or bullshit. Are you tired of losing political debates because your party doesn't have any good ideas? I had the same problem until I got racism, the Democrat prescription that reduces every single issue to race problems. I'm Kamala Harris, and I approve this message. Using racism can make you feel like a good person, even if you're patently terrible. I have some skeletons in my closet that I need to cover up so that I can get elected. And with no basis in fact, personal attacks have never been easier. Whether you're slandering an ex-president. I don't think they like me very much. Or even... Even a dead children's author. Mom, they canceled Dr. Seuss. So don't waste your time finding solutions to real problems. Create pretend problems. It's not enough to say I'm not a racist in America. I need to be anti-racist. Warning, a percentage of Democrats who used racism experienced limited grasp of facts and were prone to blurting out racist things themselves. Poor kids are just as bright and just as talented as white kids. Ask your government-provided doctor about racism today. If you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, and you ain't black. Jimmy Fallon. Nice kid, but a little dumb. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Going to be talking to Pennsylvania Congressman Patrick Murphy in the next break. But joining us now is Michael in Bluffton, Indiana. Michael, 
My man, we we are in the season of Bela for sure right now, aren't we? I'll Comedy say. special on Fox Nation. Get your own TV show along with billboards in Times Square. A new book coming out this month. Man, what is next for you? An OnlyFans account? Oh, girl. Oh, Listen, Michael, at my size, it would be only foods. I would just eat food. <laughs> <laughs> food porn. Oh. Uh, you know, I could get into food porn. <laughs> I love it. We're gonna work. We're gonna work hey. it out. Hey, so I totally agree that, that that Biden can be a super ager. I mean, just look at this super administration, Jimmy. Super withdrawal from Afghanistan. Super amounts of inflation. Super high food prices. Super high gas prices. Super number of illegals across the border. I can't wait to reelect this super president. Come on, right? <laughs> Four more years. Oh, Michael. Four more years. You're bro. the best. Oh. Well, listen. I mean. Honestly, you're like a second-string hunter, so you should support this president. Because if Hunter goes down, they're going to need someone to smoke all the crack and do all the naked stuff on the laptop. I nominate you. Back after this. Oh, if the band sounds fired up, it's because they are. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon working our way across the aisle now. A former, I mean, when I say first-team All-American congressman in the great state of Pennsylvania. And he's a friend of ours, okay? If, like, this is a mafia film. You know in Donnie Brasco, they say if he's, like, a friend of mine, he's, like, a local knock-around guy, no big deal. But if I say he's a friend of ours, it means he's a made guy. You treat him with respect. Patrick Murphy, very much a friend of ours. Good to see you, man. You too, Jimmy. Is that just my mom's last name is Rapone? I'm half Italian. And that's is that why true? I, yep, yep, Rapone. Now, you have, I, did you know I am half uh, Sicilian? Half Polish. That's a true story. How about that? I actually had an uncle who put a hit out on himself. Yeah. Hey, good night, everybody. <laughs> Come on. I got a million of them. I kid. Great to see you, man. Uh, really quick, the obligatory Pittsburgh Steeler question. Now, I remember you mentioning to me uh, you had a buddy at West Point who might know a thing or two about the Steelers. Does that make you a fan? I, they're my favorite AFC team. I'm an Eagles guy. Yeah, that's I'm what I wanted to ask I'm you. From, yeah, I'm yeah. from a row house in Northeast Philadelphia. So, but if I have to say my favorite AFC team is definitely the Steelers. There's no ill will. They're in a different conference. Yeah. Um, but I bleed, you know, green for the birds. Well, but, um, I mean, but yeah, I like that. And then this, if, if you're an Eagles fan, everybody bleeds. Right, I mean, whether they agree, they, disagree, doesn't matter. I mean, we know how this works. Exactly. I, yeah. I say this all the time, Murph, on this show. I have a different respect for Eagles fans than the country does because I recognize the significance of their passion. And what I mean by that is the Eagle fan, the only one left in the NFL that still throws beer at $20 a beer. <laughs> yeah. you, you mean, you think about that. It's a That's passion. passion. Like, the Bills break tables a lot. They light themselves on fire, the Bills fan. But they're not throwing beer. It's right. $22. Right, yeah. It's definitely, yeah, listen, and it's, um, they're a passion fan base. I will never forget. I was 16 years old. So my dad was a cop in Philly for mm-hmm. 22 years after serving in the Navy. And his buddies there were back, you know, back in my backyard. We have an above the ground pool. We had right. a row house. We Nobody had likes a show off, pal. Yeah, hey, I, I hey. had one too. My dad was a cop. <laughs> I had one too. So his buddy says, "Hey, Jack, Jack, hey, would you want to, you know, work for the Eagles?" Blah blah blah. And because my dad drove trucks on the side and stuff like that. And he's like, I can't. And I'm like, hey, I, I could do it. And he, go, and he goes, yeah. And I'm like, yeah. Like, I, you know, I'm captain of the hockey team. I'm 16. I'm 125 pounds, right? <laughs> I'm, I'm a senior at Archmont High School in Northeast Philadelphia. And so anyway, I get the job. They basically say, there's no training. There's, you fill out the application. Show up in black pants and black shirt. So I show up. It was the greatest job ever. I'm like an Eagle security guard at the old Veterans Stadium. Talk about throwing a beer, though. Beer. I'm at the Monday night game. It's against the Dallas Cowboys. So. Uh-huh. 
we don't like the Giants, no offense. I know it's yeah. not. And we definitely hate Dallas. Like, mm-hmm. there's a hatred, right? So I'm there, and there's a guy that's walking with Dallas Cowboys, the Evan Smith jersey. Evan Smith just scored a touchdown. Uh-huh. So the crowd's like, Bill went, and he's like, they're taunting the crowd. Uh-huh. Right in front of me, he's like lifting his jersey up like, yeah. And a guy right in front of him, like literally a foot from me, Throws a beer right in his face and stands there, right? And the, and the Cowboys fan looks at me like I'm a scooting guy of 125 pounds. <laughs> now, listen, I then became an All-American air, air, airborne, you know, 82nd Airborne combat stuff. I'm 200 pounds now. I can handle myself a lot better now. <laughs> but like then I was like, and he looks at me and I'm like, dude, don't wear a Dallas jersey. Like, we're like what, do you, what do you want me to do? Like, oh, it was the best job. Well, what they need to know about the vet specifically is if that guy had a kid with him in an Emmett Smith jersey, the kid would have got hit with a beer, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. We, 100%. Don't, we don't discriminate against age, race, nothing. Like, <laughs> if you're wrong, you're wrong. When you talk about an inclusive society, Philadelphia Eagles fans are very inclusive. Yeah, and, and, and it's still passionate that we actually had a jail cell in the stadium. I've heard that. That's so true. So a cop with my dad was Seamus McCaffrey, uh-huh. who went to night school, went to law school at night, Basically became a judge, then became a Supreme Court justice. They started the Eagles Court. They called it Eagles Court at the old Veterans Stadium. Seamus's younger brother is now Danny McCaffrey, who's oh, now man. also in the Supreme Court of Pennsylvania. So we got this rigged. If you're Irish or Italian or whatever, you're, you're squared away in, in Pennsylvania. <laughs> We're talking to Patrick Murphy. Uh, you've done it all. 82nd Airborne. You were a captain at West Point. Did I get that right? I was. Yeah, I was a professor. Yep. All right. So knowing everything that you know, just give me two seconds of semi-substance. They don't want too much on this show. It'll (laughs) upset them. Okay. Is it kind of unprecedented that somebody like Lloyd Austin goes off the grid for a week and the White House doesn't know? Yes, I mean someone's head's going to roll. I mean they are right. There's no no doubt. Yeah, I mean I mean it should. I would think because. You know, we've seen kind of a tendency within this administration to try to sell us negatives as positives. Like they tried, there was an effort after the Afghan troop withdrawal to be like, no, this was good. This is the best uh, airlift we've ever had. But they kind of omitted why we were having one, (laughs) you know, Uh, and they've had a tendency to do that. You expect them to own this one, you would say? Yeah, I mean, I think even like Chuck Hagel, who's getting Republican senator, Mm -hmm. SecDef, he said, listen, you got to be straight with the American people in the Mm -hmm. press. I mean, you, you can't. Hide the ball. So, and again, I love Lloyd Austin. He's yeah. a former, also 82nd Airborne Paratrooper uh-huh. uh, commander. Well, that's the point is he is qua- eminently qualified. So what right. I've seen, I, I'm interrupting you for this reason. I've seen a lot of conservatives go what I consider to be a lazy route. They go the whole DEI is bad. This is why, you know, what happens when you appoint a guy just to appoint it. He was not appointed just to be appointed. Yeah, no. He's eminently qualified. He yeah. can do the hell out of the gig is the point. Yeah. So it doesn't make me think he's a figurehead. I think it reflects negatively on the president, meaning the president wasn't informed, in my opinion, maybe because he doesn't need to know. I don't have an answer to that. But I do think in some capacity there's going to be some type of accountability here. That's your prediction? Yeah, I do. Yeah, okay. I do that. There's going to be someone fired. We're talking to Patrick Murphy. Uh, we're having a grown-up talk. You see, what we do on the show, I know it's your maiden voyage. We get a lot of people come on the show once. We don't really get a lot of repeat guests. They, you know, they do the oh, one I'm back. I'm, I'm kidding, Murph. I'm kidding. Uh, but the reason I – honestly, the reason I try to book as many Democrats as I can is because I think we're heading into the most contentious, disgusting election 
ever. Everyone always says it's the most important election. It might be, but it's always it's definitely going to be the most divisive. Like if we're out there watching the White House do Hitler stuff in January, I'm like, there's not a lot of places to go. You know, when Spinal <laughs> yeah. Tap, they like turn it up to 11. 11 was a made up number yeah. and we're already at it. Yeah. So how do we I mean, where do we go? I don't know. So I think stuff like this is necessary. Are you on some level like actually taken back by the tone politics has taken on? In the last like yeah, three or and, four years, absolutely. And listen, Jimmy, I remember my ex-wife was a Republican. She voted yeah. for George Bush twice, right? Ex-wife, though. Yeah, no, I'm well, kidding. Not uh, current. Uh, They're like enough. Know, I'm hey, kidding. Go ahead. She's been married. She's happy. Um, but I had to tell my kids, like, I drive them to Catholic school, and I remember one day my daughter, who's a sweetheart, Maggie Murphy, she's five seven, a junior at Conway Catholic High School in Levittown, Pennsylvania. Levittown, you know? PA. Yeah. I grew up in Levittown, New York. Yeah, know it well. Continue. I've driven through Levittown, PA. and she got so mad once, and I remember like Maggie, like. We're all Americans. Like, yeah. just because, cause, and, and listen, and all due respect, the guy has an F Joe Biden thing and it's spelled yeah. out and it's, in the, it's it, you know, four by eight. It's That's aggressive. It. And I'm like, you know, and I'm like, and, and, and I'm like, Max, he has a freedom of speech. You know, yeah. And I, I don't know who the guy is and what street, mm-hmm. you know, I know what yeah. street he is and stuff, but I'm like, I go, Max, you have no idea what I get. I mean, I'll be on this, no offense. You're going to be like, why are you getting that? Crazy Patrick Murphy. Don't forget the fact that, like, I teach at Wharton. I own 60 companies. I've been hustling my whole life. Yeah, and I started, working. You know, I, I always say I wasn't born in third base. I got I got on first, and I stole two bases. And I'm, I'm yeah, you home, did. Right? So, yeah, you did. But you know, it's funny because I was on uh, Outnumbered last week, mm-hmm. and uh, someone said, who are you to talk about the economy? I'm like, well, I do teach at the best business school in America. It's called Wharton. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, and I, I went to community college. And like, like Yeah, I, you like, did, Murph. Yeah. So did so, I. There you go. So, but it's, but that's how it is. And politics is so vile. It's what it is, Jimmy. It's emotional for people. Mm-hmm. It's not really logical. Right. Yeah. And so that's why, like, to me, like I voted for George Bush the first time and then, mm-hmm. and then not the second time, but I respect him and I've been with him. I've been his president. And, and I, and I was, even when he was the president, even when I disagree with him or whether it was president Trump, I never said a bad word like, publicly or privately because you know why he's the president of the United States. Yeah. And, and, and I get it. You could be on different team mm-hmm. jerseys, but people got to remember, man. It's China and Russia that wants us to beat the shit out of each other. I know. And it's not us. And that's the part people forget is I say this a lot. We're teammates. Like you could be a Republican or a Democrat, but when push comes to shove, we're the offense and the defense. (laughs) Okay. When the band starts playing, we're running onto the field and we're on the same sideline. And that's the part that drives me crazy. So I always I'm trying to reach across the aisle. I actually one of my favorite things that's happened here in the last year was when Hannity had Gavin Newsom on. And wow. I was doing stand-up that weekend, and some people didn't get the significance. They were like, oh, I can't believe you put Newsom on. I'm like, you want him on. I'm like, first of all, we want to have the idea battle because that's better for the country than anything. Okay, but second of all, you know, and it's the one thing Fox doesn't get enough credit for. Like, we have liberals on to be liberal. That's why our audience oh, yeah. gets mad at them. Yeah. Like, Jeff, people are like, oh, if Jessica Charlo's on, I'm not watching. I have her on all the time. She's my buddy. And the truth is the reason they don't like her is because we're genuinely are letting her articulate liberal viewpoints. Right. Like, if you turn on CNN, the Republican it's on CNN is like a chicken that works at KFC. Like, you know what I mean? You right. could call him a chicken, but he's not really in the looking out for the chicken's business you <laughs> right. dig and that's the hook that's what we're trying to do here um so we're talking to patrick murphy's in studio maiden voyage it's a historic day on the show you and i had our first formal encounter in the fox news pantry but the way these bookings happen and the audience needs to know this is uh 
our second encounter was on Kennedy's balcony, and there may or may not have been alcohol involved on a That's Friday right. night in December, and I was heading down to the Palm Beach Kennel Club. Now, my question to you is I know you're friends with the Roonies, uh, but, and they own that establishment, but have you ever been to the Palm Beach Kennel Club? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, I love That's it down there. Yeah, and, and that's my guy, Tom Rooney, who's a congressman down there. Uh, it's hysterical because the first day – so I was in the Army at 18, 19, and then mm-hmm. the Army – I got commissioned as an officer. Then yeah. I come to school, law school. I went back into the Army. And so my first day at, at – really, it's Fort Lee, Virginia. But mm-hmm. there's 88 of us. There's only four of us that were prior service. So we're all lieutenants mm-hmm. at this point. And I see this guy, he's like 6'3", with a Rooney name tape, and he's drinking up a Steelers mug. It's 5.30 yeah. in the morning, right? Stop it! And so, like, you know, like, I'm like, hey, any relation to family? Like, she was like, yeah, you know, my family. I'm like, no way. I'm like, listen, I used to work for the Eagles. I left out the part. I was a security guard for the Eagles, right? Like, <laughs> like, but we became asshole buddies. I'm sorry if I'm not yep. to say that. I apologize. Mm, um, uh, we became buddies, and then uh, we both became prosecutors, and we taught at West Point together. And then I'm in Congress. He says to me one day, he goes, we're having, you know, we're hanging out, and he, and I'm in Congress, and he goes, Murph, I would love to do that someday. I'm like, Tom, with all due respect, brother, I'm <laughs> like, if Patrick Murphy can be a member of Congress, Tom Rudy definitely can be a member. <laughs> so you own the Steelers, right? Right. What are so, we doing here? And he did a phenomenal job. He did ten years. And by the way, we started the same committees. I'm like, hey, listen, going armed services, then appropriations. I'm like, because you can always appropriate the money, authorize money, all these other. But I go. The real thing is getting an appropriations committee. That's yes. the power, brother. And we did armed services and intelligence together, and we were in appropriations together. He's just a great American. I, I still talk to him. We do business together. Of course. And, but um, but yeah. I love that aspect of this. Like if your family owns the Steelers, but you're still out there serving the country. Okay, these are people – who are good people, like they're elevated people. And what I mean by that is they don't need to do it. Right, right, <laughs> That's right, the point. Right. It's the people who don't need to do it that do. Those, yeah. are, the, those are the true champions among us, yeah. you know? And that's the part I appreciate. So, no, I, I love that that relationship is there. But I specifically asked you about the Kennel Club. Why? Because you cannot, and I've tried everything, you cannot offend a Palm Beach audience. You, you couldn't do it. <laughs> like, if I, if I had brought on a baby seal to club at the end of my routine, they would have been asking for the baton. They were the greatest comedy audience you could ever hope to play. And Sully and all the guys that run it down there, just the best, man. They're just yeah. the best people. And I think, like, that's the hook, Murph, why we work and what would actually help the country, is um, nobody's having fun anymore. Oh. And you got to have fun, everybody. As divisive and as stupid as politics is, this is my take. And I want you to weigh in on this. When Fox News was founded, and it really took off because they had the vision of saying, hey, you know, we don't have a conservative-leaning channel. 50% of, you know, the audience is underserved here. I would argue that the parties at a party level have gone too far, so far right and so far left that it's now like 70% of the country that doesn't feel represented in media because it's so extreme on either side. I would almost argue there's more real estate in the middle than there is to either side. What do you think of that? Yeah, no doubt. And I think it's like, listen, I used to be at MSNBC on my own show there. Yeah. And I was before I ran the army, you know, for President Obama. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'll tell you, like, people say, hey, Pat, the kind of what you said earlier, are you now changing your strength? I'm like, no, I'm a blue dog Democrat. I'm a pro business. But you can be here. Yeah, That's the and, point. And they don't give me talking points. Like, because, yeah. by the way, I, I wouldn't take them. Like, yeah, no yeah offense, of course. The respect. And, yeah. But I will tell you, there is this Fox family atmosphere that I do appreciate. The fact that, cool. Yeah. And listen, you know, we had a couple of pops, you know, at Kennedy's. She, by the way, is, you know, her boyfriend is my buddy from West Point. Like, oh, that's you know, funny. Yeah, yeah. And so it's funny. And we found out because I was outnumbered. And she's like, oh, they're talking about her army boyfriend. I'm like, oh, what's his name? She goes, oh, you probably don't know him. I'm like, and then and she's like, and I'm like, give me a try. And I'm like, yeah, 
West Point class, 2001. And wow. I, holy shit. And, oh, that's so amazing. It's, just, it's a small world. Yeah, he's and, been tanked in my backyard. Okay, so last question, and then I'll let you go, because we brought up sports and small worlds and everything else. I know you claim you beat Barack Obama in basketball. Now, were you playing horse? Were you playing one-on-one? Were you playing around the world? What is this? What What of this story can I be told? No, no, five, five on five. Uh, oh, five on five. Yeah, okay, five cool. on five. It was it was him and his, you know, his cabinet. Okay. So you had the Secretary of Education, Arnie Duncan, who would play professional ball, uh-huh. you know, at down in Australia, et cetera. Uh, and it was the guy, and he basically was Reggie Love calls me up, and says Murph, the president wants to get the game, first time at the White House. You know, he's new. Pre- he got the court. But can you get guys that are players? Not he wants like, to play. Not like, yeah. you know, he doesn't want, this isn't a photo op. This isn't right? Putin playing ice hockey. Yeah. And when it, he shoots on goal and shoots on goal, literally. <laughs> like. Literally. If the goalie saves it, he's yeah. shot, right. Um, but, and he also said, hey, if you can get like, you know, if you get a Republican too, that'd be great. Because he's like, you know, yeah. to, so we got Jeff Flake. And it was the guys that play basketball. And uh-huh. remembers Jim. I mean, I used to do P9X with Paul Ryan and these guys. That's like, funny. Was, yeah, yeah. And so, to make a long story short. We're playing first time down, and everyone's nervous. Mm-hmm. So first thing, the guys start by because we all bust chops, right? Mm-hmm. And so the guys say, and to me, he's Schuler. He Schuler was a uh, Heisman Trophy runner-up. Keith Schuler, yep. we he, know him well. Yeah, he's a great man. He's Big a great American. Show, uh huh. And anyway, so he says, uh, so we get up, and the guys are like. Murphy and Shula, like, you guys didn't wear, we wore cut off t-shirts. We're like, listen, if you got arms like us, you don't wear sleeves. <laughs> so, so the presses come down. We go down the first time down the court and everyone's nervous. You'll know if we should play defense. Yeah, do you foul service. the president? Yeah. How does this work? So first time down the court on offense, he sets a pick. The president comes out to guard me. Top of the key. Nothing but net. That was oh, my chance. It was you. the greatest act, act, like athletic achievement in the history of my life. Right? <laughs> and you know what I did, Jimmy? I was like, you better DM Mr. President. We didn't come here to take it easy on you. Because yeah. you know why? Uh-huh. We're a co-equal branch of government. Yeah, we are. Yeah, it's like yeah, rock, we paper, are. scissors. You know, I was like, come on. So wow. we won that game, and then we lost the next three games. Oh, but like, we won heck. that game. and you know. They knew. They knew we were in a fight. Uh, look, listen, Murph, I would take a charge for you any day of the week. <laughs> Great hang, my man. You too. Back after this. The reviews are in. That is a disgusting act, and it's unfortunate that we had that on our air live. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. There it is, Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Reachable to you, the listener, at 888-788-9910. That was former Pennsylvania Congressman Patrick Murphy, current Ohio Congressman Jim Jordan in the on-deck circle, weighing in from the 4th Congressional District of Ohio. Uh, He will be joining us in the next hour. Talk about the ongoing investigations into the Biden family. Are you the big man, Joe? His former business partner, Devin Archer, says yes. Uh, The media is still trying to, you know, kind of turn a blind eye towards the whole thing. And to be clear, we don't know. We don't know uh, where this is going to end. What we do know is based on the testimony of Hunter Biden's business partners, two of them by name, Tony Bobulinski and Devin Archer, we do know that they were selling influence and access to Joe Biden through his son, Hunter. Does that mean they're going to go to jail? I have no idea. I don't know that Biden's going to get impeached or thrown off the ballot. I don't know that we're there. I'm not telling you that's the case. But I am telling you in the run-up to the 2020 election, they forbid us from discussing an issue that we now know to be true. That's not right. What makes it even less right, Kevin Meaney, uh, is the fact that they knew this themselves in the run-up to the 2020 election. So every former intelligence official who said the Hunter Biden laptop was Russian disinformation was well aware that the FBI 
had already authenticated the laptop. That's just how white folks will do you. That's how they did us. That's how they did us. That's election interference. And that's the part, okay, that I'm trying to highlight every day on this show, guys, is the people telling you we got to watch out for stuff, they're the ones doing it every single day time. He's a lousy dad, but he's right. I'm right about a lot of it, uh, including what we're leading off the next hour with. I consider it a stellar programming decision by me, so don't go anywhere. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, yes, it is. And here we go, fired up to bring you an absolute embarrassment of radio riches in this hour of Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, your radio buddy, going to get a visit from one of my buddies in Congress, Jim Jordan, from the 4th Congressional District of Ohio. That is Jenny Fallon territory. But the one thing they prioritize, I didn't know Jim Jordan when I met Jenny. Certainly didn't know why well, I kind of knew Jenny when I met Jim Jordan. That would be weird if I didn't. But the point is, they both love America. It's one of the coolest things about my wife, other than the fact that she has criminally low self-esteem and she didn't realize how much better she could do than me. Uh, the fact that we were kind of both raised right by good families that appreciated the country and the land of opportunity we inhabit uh, is a really endearing trait. Okay, as you look out at the country right now, as we kick off this hour, there are three bridges in New York City, one tunnel and three bridges that are being blocked by pro Hamas protesters. I'm sick and tired of all this bullshit. Okay, the America I grew up in in the 80s when I was raised, uh, they wouldn't have tolerated this. They would have let the people drag them out of there. Yes, you have a right to assemble and protest. You don't have a right to deny the rest of us our freedom of movement. If someone's in an ambulance, needs to get through one of these tunnels, okay, someone's just trying to go to work, someone's just leaving on a family road trip, someone's just out running an errand, it doesn't matter. The point is, there's no version of the First Amendment that says your freedom of speech allows you to take away someone else's freedom of movement, okay? And the fact that we continue to tolerate this is not reflective on the men and women who throw on the uniform because they can handle this in a second. It's the weak-kneed leadership of elected officials in a very woke America. Everything woke turns to Drives me crazy, man. Uh, 888-788-9910 if you want to have this conversation in this hour. Uh, but we're not going to talk extensively about these protesters. I mean, what are the protesters? The vast majority of them are white kids who didn't get beat by their parents. Okay, that's 99% of people. If they're protesting for the climate, oh, it's like 99.9% white. That's true. That is true. 99.9% white if they're protesting for the climate. It's white privilege. Okay. What do you think the trans movement is? And I'm not disparaging you. You can be whatever you want in this country. You're over the age of 18. You should do whatever the hell you want to your body. That's how America works. Freedom! Yeah, I don't have an issue. I'm not disparaging you. But 99% of the trans community is white. Okay, it is white privilege. It is rich white kids who can be like, Mom, I want a new body. Okay, do you think poor people have the luxury of demanding a new body? The answer would be no. You can't even entertain that. Do you imagine? Okay, in seventh grade, we were going on a school roller skating trip. I got hand-me-downs in my family. Okay, I got handed a pair of roller skates that physically did not foot, uh, fit. It did not, did not fit. 
I was scared to ask my parents for a new set of roller skates. I can't imagine asking my parents for a... (laughs) Hey, I mean, you really... And again, I am not disparaging. Do whatever you want. But the point is there is a generation in this country that has been raised without consequence. They've been told if they feel it, it must be correct. It must be empowered. And the rest of us are bigots if we don't play along for the ride. Okay? You telling me, a biological male, that you're a woman is physically no different than you telling me you're Superman. Okay? You you don't actually have the thing that would make you the thing. Okay, so by this rationale, okay, if someone tells you they're Superman, does that mean we should start throwing them off of buildings to see if they could fly? The answer would be no. And the reason why is because we know they can't fly. Okay, it's no different than a lot of the trans stuff. We tolerate it. We accept it. But we're not required to pretend it's true because as far back as eternity— We've all agreed that it was false. Boys are boys from the beginning. If you were born a boy, you stay a boy. Girls are girls right from the start. If you were born a girl, you stay a girl and grow up to be a lady. So there you go. Okay, but as we sit here having this conversation, okay, what we're dealing with now is a lot of pretend. Like, oh, no, you pretend this is a thing. Okay, pretend that these, you know, pro-Hamas people, that pro-Hamas, okay, they're calling for an infatata, okay, intifada. Infatata, sounds like a drink. (laughs) Dunkin' Donuts, the new coffee infatata. Uh, Anyway, calling for a new intifada, okay, chanting from the river to the sea. People out there in support of a cultural genocide who are idiots who don't know what they're doing. You dig, they don't know what they're doing. Okay, if Israel was committing genocide, the population in Gaza would not have tripled in the last 20 years. That's not how genocide works. It's like when they told us in Georgia that it was voter suppression. Now, even though the Georgia, Georgia's voter ID law, okay, that resulted in the highest voter turnout in the history of the state, we were still told by Stacey Abrams that that was suppression. Stacey Abrams is fully. Just because it's going up doesn't mean it's not going down. That's what she said. I mean, dude, we are living in the death of shame, a nation run by clowns. Okay, sadly, a lot of those clowns live in the media. So I have to laugh a lot. I get on the air and laugh because it's kind of like a coping mechanism. They don't laugh. You're like, right, you know, everybody feels like in this this moment, everybody you walk around with is on the verge of snapping. You know, they're just, I'm as mad as hell and I'm not going to take this anymore. So in this show, we do try to be a little bit of a port in the storm, give you a little outlet. So when you're changing stations, you go, oh, honey, this guy doesn't sound so irate. He sounds a little dumb, but it's not so irate. But I bring this all up. Why? Because this is going to be a reverberating theme between now and Election Day. They're about to make this election so ugly, so ugly. Okay, we're used to politicians attacking each other, but we're now in attack the voters mode, which is not something that typically went on. Like Hillary Clinton got caught calling Trump supporters a basket of deplorables. It was it was famous. It went viral. Everybody laughed at it as hard as they laughed at her when she pretended she carried hot sauce in her purse. Hot sauce. Really? Yes. But to Hillary's credit, she was slandering the voters 
behind closed doors, or at least she thought she was behind closed doors when she said what she said. <laughs> what she didn't understand is in this day and age, you're never behind closed doors in the age of digital devices because they can all travel beyond those doors, which is what happened to Hillary Clinton. But we've never seen this level of attack aimed at the voters. Okay? We've never seen an attempt to disparage, okay, the people who might pull the lever for the other guy. Okay, there was one, it's, and, and it's, it's insane to me to watch this play out. If you remember when Biden called Trump supporters semi-fascists, they're semi-fascists, these guys. This is the guy who vowed to unite the country. I will govern for everyone, whether they voted for me or not. No, you wouldn't. And no, you didn't. And that's why we have what we have. Okay, but understand, when we're down to Hitler in January, okay, it's only going to get worse from here. Okay, and I'm going to try to continue to bring on liberals. I'm going to try to continue to have fun. Because we're fighting pretend battles, when we have real battles on our hand, whether we're talking about the southern border, whether we're talking about the actual wars that we're inadvertently financing both sides of in the Middle East and Ukraine, or you're talking about, you know, the battle Americans are fighting to get by in this economy. You can tell me the stock market's up and rich people are loaded, and they are, and that's great. But if you're a single mom, if you're somebody living on a fixed income and you go to the grocery store and things are still 26% higher for core goods... That's what you say, you know, get people getting smoked. So when you hear us pretend, you know, debating pretend stuff like is Trump Hitler? Duh. No, he's not. But when you hear us debating pretend stuff, okay, it's because nobody wants to talk about their real record. And it's one of the biggest issues facing the Biden administration right now when it comes to reelection. I don't know. Honestly, I don't know where this Hunter Biden thing is going to go. I mean, I know the truth. Hunter's a dirtbag. He's a dirtbag, and they were selling access to his father through him. I mean, you know, he wouldn't have got the money if it wasn't the case. But we're all sitting here right now as they've unearthed hundreds of bank transactions. As his two business partners have testified under oath that he was selling access to his father. As they've testified under oath that his father, who said his son didn't have a business, that turned out not to be true. Then it was he never spoke to his son about his business, that turned out not to be true. Then it was he never spoke to his son's business partners about his business, that turned out not to be true. But we're still pretending as if it was somehow okay for any of us to have been denied the right to talk about the Hunter Biden laptop in the run-up to the 2020 election. Okay, they told us what we could and couldn't do. You cannot talk about this. It's Russian disinterference. We won't have it. You will be banned from social media if you talk about this thing that, oh, by the way, happens to be true. And now we're sitting here pretending. And I'm only bringing this up because if you're a liberal, you got to understand this screws you, too. This is not like a Republican rallying moment. Okay, that's not my job to steer the election. But you got to understand if it becomes the status quo for whoever is running the establishment in D.C., to tip the electoral scales so they can get their desired outcome, in the long run, that doesn't benefit any of us. You go, I'm a Democrat, and the whole country's corrupt, and it's doing whatever the Democrats want. This is good for me. No, it's not. Because if we as a country accept that level of corruption, 
if we as a country accept them putting their thumbs on the scale, that's just the way we do business in this country. That means the next party that gets into power, that has their hands on the levers within the establishment, can scam us just the same. That wasn't the point of starting a constitutional republic. That wasn't the point of going to war with the Brits and beating them up and down the East Coast. The point was, okay, so we would limit the amount of government in our lives. Something I say a lot, okay, the Constitution doesn't exist so Republicans can fight Democrats over who controls the government. The Constitution exists so the government doesn't control us. That's the hook. But in this moment, we have a government that's very heavily leaning on all of us, what you can drive, what you can, you know, kind of light bulb you can use, kind of stove you can cook. What They're doing all that stuff. Okay, wear a mask, don't wear a mask. I can't believe it's not masks, you know, vaccines, everything. Okay, remember this. They, if you understood, as I do, someone who sits here day in, day out and chronicles the exploits of politics and you're really immersed in it, it sticks to you. Like, understand how insane it is, how politically transactional we've become that nobody on the left asks the question. Like, all right, so we were told in the run-up to the election that the Bidens weren't doing business. It was Russian disinformation. There's not even a laptop. Trump campaign made it up. Okay, now after the election, we're told, oh, no, no, there's a laptop. Now, there is a business. But even though he called into the business 25 times, Joe Biden, on speakerphone to talk to the partners, they only discussed... They only discussed the weather. That's what we're being told. And nobody has the intellectual curiosity to go, well, it's weird. Okay, just the same as like the vaccine's a good example. They told us during the 2020 election that they would not take the vaccine that Trump was bringing to market. They then turned around and mandated that you take the vaccine they were bashing. That's just how white folks will do you. And we're so politically hardened in our positions that it doesn't matter that the guy calling out the square dance numbers changed songs. We're like, well, the Democrats said the vaccine is garbage. I wouldn't take it. Now they're saying it's mandatory. I'm taking it. Don't you realize how transactionally stupid that is? Here they are on the here they are on the campaign trail. Let's just say there's a vaccine that is approved and even distributed before the election. Would you get it? Well, I think that's going to be an issue for all of us. If and when the vaccine comes, it's not likely to go through all the tests that needs to be and the trials that are needed to be done. When we finally do, God willing, get a vaccine, who's going to take the shot? Who's going to take the shot? You can be the first one to say, put me, sign me up. So that's Biden, who started out with, who the hell's going to take this thing? Are you out of your mind? Okay. He then goes on. Okay, just so we're all on the same page. He then goes on to say, I still wouldn't mandate it, even after he got elected. No, I don't think it should be mandatory. I wouldn't demand it be mandatory. But- Whoa, wait, hold on a second. Okay, but then what did he ultimately do? Okay, he ultimately made it mandatory. Bingo, man, bingo. So he went from who the hell's going to take the shot to no, I wouldn't mandate it to it's been mandated. Is anybody else just like wondering how the positions changed? We know it's not because of data, because they didn't have any data that said the virus was blocking transmission. They lied to you when they mandated it on us. But it became a political battleground. So people leaned in on behalf of their party. And that's the point I keep trying to make. We're fighting each other harder than we're fighting our common enemy. Okay, we're putting our party ahead of our country. But when we do it, we're doing it at the expense of all of us is the point. What can I tell you, kid? You're right. When you're right, you're right. You're right. 
You're listening to the man with the fashion sense that's all his own. Looks like a gay bag lady. <laughs> this is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, girl, it is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. I'm going to be talking to Jim Jordan in the next break. It's launch week for my TV show, uh, Boxing Saturday Night with Jimmy Fallon. goes live this Saturday, 10 p.m. Eastern on the Fox News Channel. You're going to hear a lot of it between now and game time. This is a big deal for our little movement. Uh, as we wade into this electoral fray that is going to be the year 2024, just an absolute food fight. And on the Republican side of the aisle, it's getting pretty contentious just the same. Okay, Iowa's this Monday. Okay, and everybody's smack-talking everybody. Big rumor right now is that DeSantis is going to drop out if he doesn't win Iowa. He denies it. Here he is talking to our Bill Malusian, clip one. Trump said he uh, heard a rumor last night at his rally that if you don't beat him and come in first place in the caucus that you're going to drop out. Would you like to respond to that rumor? That's a lie. Totally made up. And, you know, what, when people, you know, fabricate these anonymous sources and do it, what, why he's saying that is because he wants people to somehow think, oh, you know, why should I go in negative 20 degree weather to help? No, you should show up because, you know, we're the one that can get the job done for this country. Uh, but that report is categorically false. Whoa, there it is. DeSantis weighing in on Trump. There's a slob. There's a real slob. Oh, silly. Uh, (laughs) What's happening right now is they're all trying in their own way to control the message. What I mean by that is, you know, especially in Iowa, because I was like, it's the funniest thing this time around, because the guy who wins Iowa doesn't always win the nomination. Rick Santorum won Iowa. Ted Cruz won Iowa. The one thing they both have in common, neither one of them went on to win the nomination. Correct the mundo. Okay, but there is a lot of significance tacked onto this particular Iowa because if somehow all of these polls are wrong and Trump loses, obviously that's the story of the century and he's probably finished if he loses Iowa. I'm not saying that to upset you. But I'm saying at the same time, DeSantis wants you to believe there's a shelf life far beyond Iowa without winning. I don't believe that that's true. I don't think he's dropping out in New Hampshire, but I also think he needs to win it as much as anybody. You know, and Haley's got her own thing happening, but she's thrown a couple of wild pitches in the last week that people are really hammering her for. And I think a lot of that has to come down to the fact that we're heading into live ammo territory. This coming Monday, the polls don't matter. It's a caucus situation. People meet. At points, they have debates, they vote, they don't have a decision, they vote again, and it continues. The caucus system is complicated, and they happen to be doing it this coming Monday in historically cold temperatures. So the point is, you got to fire up your base between now and game time, because if they're not emotional, they're not turning out in the cold. You've got to get mad! There it is. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Supposed to be talking to Jim Jordan here in a moment. There's a lot going on in Congress right now. Spending deals, border battles, Lloyd Austin. Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin. This is how we started the show. Okay. Had an elective medical procedure done last week. Didn't tell the White House. Was in ICU. Didn't tell anybody. Lied, said he was working from home. This guy's supposed to be running the military. Crazy talk. Can't go on. 
a dereliction of duty, if you will, an absolute food fight. But joining us now to address, I think, the most pressing question on his team's mind is who do you bet in the national title game in college football tonight? Ohio Representative Jim Jordan is here. What's up, my man? Jimmy, good to be with you. I'm from Michigan. I'm for the Big Ten. Uh, well, are you betting? Are you, are you going for Washington? Listen to me. Okay, I'm going to give you a little political advice, a little media coaching here. You represent here. the 4th <laughs> Congressional District of Ohio. I will, for a sum of money, destroy that tape. You should never be for Michigan. You shouldn't be for Michigan ever. I'm for the Big Ten. I know, uh, I know. I'm laughing at you. The, uh, the um, but you know it's it's uh the quarterback what the quarterback for Washington was Big Ten for yep. years and yes then, he was because it's a great story I mean and, and you gotta like that quarterback man he's a he's lefty. great he flings, flings it out there yeah yeah it's, throws uh, darts he sure does he um, sure does did Russell come to work or is he in the casino betting right now. <laughs> It's hard telling what Russell's up to today. But you're up to – you got a new show. Congratulations. How about it, man? Well, I mean, you got to love America. It's a great country uh, when you you get this amazing radio program you have, and now you got your own show on Fox. When is the first official one, by the way? This Saturday night, uh, January. They're coming? Yeah, man. So congrats, man. Thank That's you. Good. No, I'm, I'm pumped yeah. up. I appreciate you reaching out too. that. I'm going through two things right now. I'm obviously very excited, but I was walking through Times Square today and I saw my face on two big billboards and uh, <laughs> yeah. which is very cool. But at the same time, Jim, of course. I, but, but you got to think of it this way as a former cab driver and a bit of a gambler. I owe a lot of people money. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that I need to be this findable right now. I don't, I don't know how I feel about this. Uh, well, no, that's uh that's great. People appreciate. It. I've had a number of people talk. I like that. that Jimmy, Faye, you guys, it's on there, yeah. and he's always saying something funny. And no, I, uh, so that's well deserved, and we're yes. we're happy for you and your family. Thanks, brother. We're, we are. We're, we're really pumped up, uh, and it is a good American story. And that I really was like ten years ago. I was a full time cab driver, full time. Yeah. So when you think about that, I mean, and the fact that we're living in a country where you can go from that to this in that short amount of time, yeah. it's one of those things that's supposed to make you appreciate the country. I feel like, you know, me and you come back to this a lot. There's too many people that just aren't in on the joke of how good we have it here. No, great point. It's the greatest thing ever, being, in, being, being able to live in this country with the freedoms and the privileges we have. My dad was a union worker. My mom cleaned houses, and I got to go to college, got an education paid for, and get, get to serve. And, you know, yep. only about 12,000 people get to serve in the Congress, and I, I thank the good Lord for all that. And I, I thank my parents for all they did for my brother and my sister and I. And it's like, you know, that's that's the, that's America, and, yep. and you're living that. And, and, of course, part of it is, is, is because you married a good girl from the 4th District. Uh, that's that's got to be a lot of it. It can't just all be the hard work of, of Jimmy. It's got to oh. be your, your lovely bride, right? Oh, there are, let, let's break it down by percentage, okay? Jenny is a significant <laughs> chunk of that, obviously talent and work ethic. But let's not discount hostage-taking and low-level bribery, okay? It wasn't easy to get this one over the fence. I mean, it's a, a primetime TV show on the biggest channel on cable. We had to make some moves, you know, near the goal line is all I'm saying. I won't get into yeah. specifics. So well, funny. no, I uh, when I saw that, Russell sent me 
like uh, the announcement or something, and mm-hmm. I was like, I was pumped. I said, Russell, fine, get get Jimmy cell number so I can give him a call. But uh, anyway, I saw your call. I was on the radio though. I almost took it on the air. It would have been really fun. Yeah. <laughs> I figured you could. I figured I could wait a week. Uh, we're, yeah. we're talking to Jim Jordan uh, from the Fourth Congressional District of Ohio. I mean, it's funny because the talk we're having about America. This is there's this really funny juxtaposition going on where me and you get on the air and we're like, America's great and it is great and we know it's yeah. great. The liberals want you to believe it's horrible, but at the same time, mm-hmm. eight million people have crossed the border since they got into yeah. power, mostly from other minority groups because obviously they recognize this is not the country it's being sold at. That being said, uh, we can have, I know you like golf, but our border policy should not be the U.S. Open. Right, right. And and it's on pace to get to 12 million. I I said last week when we were down there on the border, had 60-some members of Congress, I think the largest delegation ever uh, with Speaker Johnson. Um, We're on pace to to reach 12 million in the Biden presidency. Mm -hmm. And that's the equivalent of the entire population of Ohio. And I tell people, we're not a small state. We're the seventh largest state in the country. 12 million people in a four-year time span deliberately, intentionally, willfully done by the policies they've implemented, that is the magnitude and the cause of the problem. And the solution is to implement the legislation we've done to go back to the policies of President Trump. Or frankly, as I said last week, just we, we need to get one sentence in a, in a spending bill that says no money can be used to process or release into the country any new migrants. Mm-hmm. So you either say when you get to the border, sorry, you can't come in, or if you come in, we're going to detain you. That stops the incentive, which now is all to come, as you point out, to the greatest country. We can't fault them for wanting to come here, yep. but you got to fault the Biden administration for what they've allowed to happen. Yeah, that's a great point because what they keep doing to oversimplify the conversation – is they try to make you know make the Republicans the part the anti-immigrant party, but all we're saying is just come here legally. That's all yeah. we're saying. We're yeah. not saying don't yeah. come. None of us say don't come. We just say come yeah. here legally. And it's not just the impact it has on our country, on social services, on the cost of taxpayers, on education systems around the country, because it's now you know everywhere. Twelve million people are going all over the country. It's not just in Texas and, yeah. and, and, and on the border. It's it's not just that. It's what happens to the individuals who come, particularly mm-hmm. women and children. And it's also what happens once they get here and they house them in these areas. I was talking to a colleague today. The migrant on migrant crime that's happening in America, where they're being sent to in, 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 in different cities around the country. There are all those concerns as well, but the Democrats don't seem to care, and, and Secretary Marcus doesn't seem to care. No, he doesn't care, and that's the part that's driving me crazy. Uh, one other official I was going to ask you about. Is it a little unprecedented that the Secretary of Defense would leave town you know, for a hospitalization and not inform the White House? I, I mean, I'm at the point now, nothing surprises me about this administration. That's nuts, I mean, man. You can, you can pick any, you can go back to the the, the, the Exit from Afghanistan. For, I mean, I still remember that picture of people trying to jump on the wheels of the airplane yes! to get out. Of there. I mean, it's like so with this administration, whether it's foreign policy, whether it's the border, whether it's the inflation, whether it's the energy policy. I mean, whether it's the rampant crime we see that's escalated during. I mean, it's like nothing surprises me. Um, but in spite of all that, like I, I guess full circle. In spite of all that, it's still a great country. I mean, did you see? I saw this this morning when I'm working out. I saw uh, – this is the first I've seen this clip. The junior hockey team, when they win the gold, uh-huh. s- singing, like there are, th- those are people who appreciate the benefits this country offers its citizens. And I thought, what a great example. Sports, wearing the red, white, and blue USA on, the, on their uniform and, and just, just you yeah. know, belting it out, the, the national anthem. I thought, uh, what, is, what a theme. It's amazing because you really think about it. At the end of the day, it's a lot cooler to like your country especially a country that has done so much to deserve the support.
uh, than it is to just sit here and complain. You know, we got people okay. right now in New York, because I'm on the line with you, their pro-Hamas protesters are blocking three bridges in the city right now. And That's crazy. Yeah, you have the right to protest. You don't have the right to take away my freedom of movement. But the bigger point I would make is they're not converting anybody to their cause. You're never going to be stuck in traffic for six hours and go, you know what, I'm going to support these people. You hate these yeah. people. Yeah. It's uh, nuts. It's, it, no, it is. And, you know, God bless Israel. Uh, God bless what they've had to uh, – God yep. bless the people over there. They've had to endure so much. and. Yep. Uh, What's it now? Three months straight yep. that they've been at this, and we need to do everything we can to help them, um, which would include bringing up the, the Israel support, the the, the, yep. the aid for Israel legislation minus the Ukraine legislation that 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 Senator Schumer wants to do in there. Just bring up the Israel money uh, that yep. we passed that bill months ago, and and they refuse to bring uh, Schumer refuses to bring that up in the Senate. Yep. So it's driving um, people crazy because the truth is they see an administration that's prioritizing everything but this country. Like, fine, yep. support Ukraine, but I, I have this little out-of-the-way place called America. I'd like to see yeah. supported a little more. I don't know. Call me old-fashioned. Yeah, greatest country in history, 330 million Americans in this, in this great country. Let's, let's focus on that. Let's focus on the inflation problem, the border problem, the crime problem, and on and on it goes. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's focus on the fact that these agencies, I think, have been turned against we the people, yep. the American citizens, whether it's censorship or you name it. Uh, let's focus on the fact that all these agencies seem to be uh, – the, the justice system seems to be focused on their political opposition going after President Trump, and you can just – you know, you could go through that whole list too. So yep. um, let's focus on those things. No, I agree. Okay. Last thing, and I'll let you go. Uh, two football questions. One, uh, I know you Browns. grew up – Browns. Yeah, you do. You, you, you like the Browns going into <laughs> Houston. You think they can do it. Well, the, the quarterback for the, for Houston, uh, ex Buckeye, highlights. Because I thought, well, yeah, the Buckeye. Well, watching the highlights, yep. what a season! It, someone was saying last night they think he's going to get Rookie of the Year. Um, great, but, and, the, uh, but you know, you go for the Browns. I mean, that's, yeah, that's it's a good feel good story. In America, as it gets, uh, and, and, so we're, and, we're for the for the Browns. But I like the Lions. That yeah. that I like them, and mm-hmm. I like the I like the the Bills because their mm-hmm. coach was like national prep champ. Yep. In wrestling, he's a big wrestling guy. Yep. And in fact, I, I think when he got the job, there was a story on this. When he gets the job, he goes to Penn State, spends a week with Coach Sanders, because Penn State's the powerhouse in, in collegiate wrestling right now. And he goes and spends some time to see what he was doing with his athletes. Wow. Um, so That's... I kind of like I kind of like the the, the 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 Bills too. And I didn't stand for that game last night, but I guess yeah. they came back and won that. I think, yeah, they right? got it done. Well, yeah. I will yeah. have you know the the Bills are going up against my son Lincoln's Pittsburgh Steelers. Lincoln's a big Steelers okay. fan. Right. Yeah, everyone loves Steelers. Crazy, crazy story. Okay, this will blow your mind. I was doing stand up down in Florida, down in uh, Palm Beach, like a few, like uh, around the December, mid December. Yeah. And uh, because I'm on one of the stations we're on right now, WJAS in Pittsburgh, uh, you know that we were. down there in Palm Beach, and because I have Lincoln on the show frequently, uh, yeah. the people who booked me to the casino said, "Hey, did you bring your son Lincoln to the game and uh, to the gig?" Yeah. And I said, "No, Lincoln's home watching the Pittsburgh Steelers." And they said, "Get out of here! Our family owns the Pittsburgh Steelers." And I'm like, "There's no way!" But the Rooney family yeah. owns the Steelers, yeah. so yeah, Lincoln and I went to his first Steelers game two weeks ago, and they literally put us on the field with the team for the game. It was That's insane. Awesome. I'll send you guys. I'll send you guys a picture because yeah. I'll send you a video. You got to see it. Yeah. To Get it? When you're on the field, though, I know those guys with their pads and their yep. helmets, the offensive linemen weighing 350 pounds. They're like, 
I remember, yeah. <laughs> I remember when our boys were they, they wrestled for the for the Badgers, and so they take down the game on recruiting trip and all. And you're on the field, and the offensive line for Wisconsin is always yeah. one of the biggest in the country. And you're yep. like, holy cow, these and they guys move <laughs> and they move. <laughs> yeah, they're fast, and you're like, what? It's freaky. <laughs> if you were running, if you're on, if you're on offense, and the, the defense is, uh, you know, defense is almost as big, and those guys are like. I just like I, I think most people just like I, there's no way I'm getting tackled by all that. Man. Dude, that you're gonna laugh. <laughs> yeah, that that's people's people say. What's the difference between like standing on the field for a game and sitting in the stands? Yeah. The difference is yeah. when you're standing on the field, you don't heckle. You do yeah. not heckle. <laughs> you are now reachable by a 350 pound man who runs like a four second 40 yard dash. Yeah. It's a problem, you know. Yeah, it's like poking uh, a bear. So. I was telling I told I told Russell this story. So this is this is a long time ago. We go to an NFL game and it was actually Steelers against the Bengals. So we're in the Bengals and we're sitting in the corner where the opening kickoff is coming like right towards us. We're right on like down by the field, but we're in mm-hmm. the curve of the of the stadium. And so I'm watching the ball and it's coming like right at us, but the guy's gonna catch it and he's like twenty yards in, he's in he's on the field and he's in front of me. And so I follow it, boom, when he catches it, uh-huh. then you look down the field and you see what he sees. Yeah. And these guys are Flying. just hauling down the field <laughs> and he's gotta run out and, and get yes. hit by those and you're like, Who would do that? That is crazy. Dude, you gotta be nuts, man. <laughs> like absolutely nuts. <laughs> It is so yeah, furious. Yeah. So I appreciate I appreciate these guys. I appreciate anyone who does it well, including Jimmy, who has the great radio show oh, and the now the great stop TV it. show. Listen, when yeah. you're in New York, we'll make you do the show because they're doing it. No, they, I, would, I would love to do it. Yeah. I would love to do they're it. Doing, we're going to talk a little sports. Yeah, well, that's we the point. We're going to be doing a segment on the TV show. Um, called Off the Meter, because, you know, I drove a cab a long time. There's going to be an Off the Meter segment where we have lawmakers on and we talk about everything but politics. That's going to be the hook. So we'll get into sports and we'll have some fun. Yeah, Yeah, you know, we're going to deal with that. Just have Russell call me, assuming he hasn't pawned his cell phone after tonight's game. Uh, (laughs) Otherwise, I'll track you down directly. Thanks, man. Have a great one. There he goes. The great Jim Jordan. Uh, who says he'd like to come do the TV show. Wouldn't you all? I'm kidding. You're all going to be welcomed. Guys, really quick before we go to break, this show, uh, as it starts to roll, they want it to be our people, meaning friends, deli workers, cops, firemen. They want everyday life, okay? We're really running this show through the filter of me driving a taxi and being a little bit of an everyman because then we don't have to pretend that I know what I'm doing. That's the hook. Makes our life easier, and it makes the show a hell of a whole lot more accessible. So if you're out there and you're thinking about doing the show, reach out because we'd probably have you on. I mean, hell, if they'd give me a show, okay, they'd pretty much give one to just about anybody. You're absolutely right. Jimmy Fallon. He's got great charisma. Yeah. He's always dressed fantastic. He has what I call it. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Bottom of the ninth on Fox Across America with your radio buddy Jimmy Fallon. There is no... Failavision on TV tonight. No, ma'am. I will be out, though. Uh, I'll be filming in Times Square under not one, but two big billboards with my face on them. 
Pretty wild. We're going to be shooting stuff uh, that'll be a part of the premiere of Fox News Saturday night this coming Saturday. What a cool, surreal moment. Uh, tomorrow, if you want to see me on Failavision, uh, I'm on Fox and Friends at 6.50 in the morning. Hey, girl, I'll be on with Stuart Varney at 11 a.m. on Fox Business. I'll also be on with Dagan McDowell at 6 p.m. on Fox Business. And then tomorrow in the 7 p.m. hour, I'll be on the Ingram Angle with Laura Ingram, who can't wait to have me on the show. What a fraud! I don't I stand by the comment. I still think she's excited. Uh, but the point is, uh, if we've learned anything today, it's that everybody is completely full of <laughs> Okay, I, really. The Lloyd Austin thing, somebody's got to get fired. You're the Secretary of Defense. You can't be incapacitated for a week and lie to the White House and say you're working from home. Never mind that the Defense Secretary, okay, has an underling who assumed most of his responsibilities. She herself not only didn't know the story, but she happened to be in Puerto Rico on vacation. That's pretty dumb. Okay, I'm going to play you clips tomorrow from Biden's speech. Biden spoke today down in South Carolina. I don't remember that ever happening. But it did. And he again tried he tried to divide the country again over racial lines talked about civil rights and racism and the republicans and white wing extremism you know the only time the democrats love to push electric vehicles but man do they love gasoline when they're pouring it on the fires that they've lit in this country okay it's gross okay and we'll have a lighthearted chat we'll try to keep the vibe in check because this is just no way to live. So my advice between now and tomorrow, please unplug. Don't consume another eight hours of politics. If you want to go watch the national championship game, Michigan is playing Washington. I am required by law to root for Washington because I married a Buckeye. I mean, personally, Jim, Jim, uh, Jim Jordan's crisis management team, if the 4th District was listening and they heard him say he's pulling for Michigan because he's a Big Ten guy, I get it. He went to Wisconsin. He was a star wrestler there. But I don't know that an Ohio congressman is ever supposed to say the words, I'm pulling for Michigan. That's stupid. Use your common sense. They're actually calling me right now and offering a bounty to destroy the tape. I think I'm going to go ahead and take that cash. I mean, because if it don't make dollars, girlfriend, it don't make sense. Money, 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 money. I'm Charles Payne. Listen to my Unstoppable Prosperity podcast so I can get you making money right now. Whether stocks are hitting new all-time highs or in freefall mode, opportunities abound. So why are so many potential investors still sitting on the sidelines? In a new season of my podcast, I'm going to get you in the game. After 38 years on Wall Street, I'm ready to impart some lessons and get you invested in the greatest wealth-generating machine in history. Listen anytime, everywhere at foxbusinesspodcast.com or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.